Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Happy Wednesday, or whenever you're listening to this. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening. This is a good podcast, unpacking and digesting uh, different equipment questions, as well as working with a dog that overpowers individuals. So we have a burner, 120 pounds. Um, she wants to go and do stuff with this dog, but this dog is very big, very strong. So a lot of a lot of questions on how to introduce the right thing and, and what's realistic. And so it's a great podcast to unpack and uh, short and sweet. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. And if you guys are listening to this and you have a question you want me to answer specifically about you and your dog or anything else, head over to the iTunes review chart, leave a review and leave your question and I'll answer it next episode. And as always, you guys, the No Bad Dog Members Club is still accepting applications to join the club for $39.99. That's our most advanced top tier uh, package that we have. You guys get access to all of my unreleased videos over the years, hundreds of thousands of dollars that people have already paid directly on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, in your bed, on the road. For $39.99, you also get access to my full full-time dog training staff at the Upstate Canine Academy if you have questions. Um, so it's a good reinforcing thing. And of course, we go live once a week with me, answering your dog training questions in specific and others, uh, as well as the No Bad Dog community. You guys also have first access to merchandise. And as you know, all of my seminars sell out for working spots and you get first dibs on those as well. So uh, link in the description below if you guys want to join the official No Bad Dog Army. And I'll talk to you at the end. Got 140 pound uh, neutered male Bernie's Mountain Dog. I've had Bernie's Mountain Dogs for 15 years. I do performance sports with my dogs. I do karting, uh, rally obedience, started agility with him. Um, I'm successful at it. Uh, had animals my entire life, starting with horses. We had exotics growing up, blah, blah, blah. So he's a COVID puppy. I, um, and his line has a fearful strain in it. In Westminster. And he this line has a fearful component. Um, when I got Nellie, who is his aunt, she uh, was a return at four months. And at that time, I'd lost a burner. And I, I got her at six and a half months from my breeder. And, you know, and I adapted her. I mean, she had fear and stuff. And she came as human aggressive, which she wasn't. But, it, you know, she's a fantastic dog. Um, so anyway, I get him. He, uh, four months old, March 2020, got him scheduled for his, you know, puppy class. And I'm in North Carolina. Everything shuts down. Everything. Uh, I mean, Home Depot for six months. I live on top of a mountain. Uh, I do herding also. So I did take him herding with me. But, you know, he was the kind of, he, he, um, when I would get him out of the car, he would like jump on top of me. At 11 months, he was 120 pounds and he stayed at 120 pounds for about a year. So, you know, but I still did things with him and I kind of did it my own way where I would kind of stay away a little bit and so forth and so on. So 
What incident broke the camel's back for me was uh, March of last year. I had him neutered in January at two. And uh, then we had a draft workshop, uh, draft test. I was going to have him just do the preliminary workshop. And I had proofed him. I'd meet people. We'd go to different parks. I knew that he, you know, ha had always had issues with other dogs. He was better with burners. He also was born a way where when I got him as a puppy, anything overhead, his head is up and snipping at you. And he can still do that. Uh, not so much. And I've actually been working on that a little bit, even more so. Um, and he doesn't really do it with me, but it's a natural thing for him to do. Um, and that's what's from the get-go. That wasn't with any other bad experiences or anything. That's in him. So um, we go to the draft test. Uh, you have to do a preliminary obedience run, of, you know, just walk fast, slow about. You do a front. I call the front the carts behind me, and I trained him where the treats are in the cart. So the, the carts behind me, I tell him to front. He goes past me and looks in the cart to see if there's any treats. The judge is over, you know, behind me, over here, this way, and then there's another one there. So he comes around, and I think he didn't realize she was there. She made a movement. I'm telling him to come, and, and he, she raises her hands like this. He jumped up, and she didn't realize, but he got her, two puncture wounds. But at that time, he didn't know that. He came right to me, sat right next to me, and never showed any signs of aggression. He does startle also. Wait, I mean, the, I think he was like afraid of the dark also. It's <laughs> very, whatever. But um, bottom line is, so I wrote this whole statement letter as to what happened in my training and blah, blah, blah. So I was, you know, banned from carding for a year. And that was as last May, March. So in between that, I engaged two behaviorists and did the gentle leader, which actually I had never used and having horses and stuff, you know, I don't currently have them. And, you know, some of it was successful. I, he was in a rally class and, you know, was a little fearful of the other dogs, but there was only a few dogs in the class and so forth. Um, and they wouldn't let me use the prong. And I have experience with the prong. So, um, you know, going to behaviors, going to the parks, doing the gentle leader. If he puts his head down, it's I'm over. It's over. One time he did get away from me and was went after a couple, either one or two schnauzers with a couple. But as the minute I did a high voice, here, pep, come, 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 turned around and came right back to me. So, you know, the behaviors basically said he's a fearful dog. If he weighed 50 pounds, you wouldn't be having these issues. You could train him. The bottom line is, is that, you know, he... Um, it's a lot of it is the overhead, like and I, people come over, you know, I'll bring my dogs out one at a time, you know, just say, keep your hands here. Just let them sniff you. Just ignore them, you know, blah, 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 same stuff. But um, so where I'm at now, you know, I, I know that I could have gotten into your class next week, but my daughter's coming to I'm in Asheville. And if you have availability this week, I mean, I will get in the car and drive at your 12 hours, but I don't care. I mean, I'm. You know, I at the behavior. So let me back up. The behaviors thing wasn't jiving for me. I, it was too loosey-goosey. I was, I was going flat on my face. I was, ner I was too nervous, actually. And so um, I decided to reconstruct the prong. I dismissed anything I knew about the prong, and that's basically what led me to you. 
And so I started watching all these different videos with the snap. And I thought, you know, I can remember with my dogs, and I've had a lot, and I've had shepherds. I mean, I've, I've had some powerful dogs, and, but this dog is stumping me. I, and I'm not stumped normally. So, and I do rescue. I mean, I rehabilitate dogs. I mean, it's like, and I'm just dying because I want to do, I rally, obedience, carding, herding. He has a herding tile. He has a trick tile. The dog is smart. So anyway, um, just pretending like I didn't know anything, then um, uh, got the snap thing. Don't let the dog get to the end of the leash. And he knows all commands and stuff. And so I did that with him twice. And I will tell you that Pap has always forged ahead of me. I think he does resource guard me also. He forges ahead of me. I've never really been able to get him back. You know, he goes fast. With the prong, he's next to me. I can, it's, it's unbelievable, the change with the snap. And you know that they're soft dogs. Um, and because I, I'm opposed to the shocking and stuff, but I have no problem with the vibration and getting their attention because I'm at, I'm at the end. I, I have nowhere else and I am not going to give up. So um, I have an array of prong collars. I have your, uh, your uh, other collar, the vibration collar, which I have not used because I, I want to do it one time, put it on him one time and get it correct, get it right. I, I don't want any, whoops, I did this because, you know, I, I don't want him to have a bad experience. Um, I want him to have the, the type of experience that he needs to have, which is like, hey, over here, you know, what you say, because I've watched a lot. <laughs> you want to talk about a rabbit hole, you know, that dog Kona that was a shepherd reminds me of mm -hmm. Pap, big dog, females. Um, and I handle Pap, my husband doesn't. So um, anyway, so the prong has been successful. I, I'm gonna, I have four prongs. From my, and I will tell you, you know, what I've used, and I'm going to go ahead and, and turn it around real quick. So here we go. This is on my pool table. So um, I forgot I had actually had this one. So this one I got, which is the new, I guess the new Herman uh, Springer, whatever his name is with the centerpiece. And that is like the shortest, but it does fit on him. This is the size that of his neck, but it's not tight, tight because of his fur. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I've used all of them and trying to figure out which one works best. I think this one is probably too long and then this one's the larger but doesn't have you know the mm -hmm. the centerpiece what are your thoughts on that i can put it on him too and we can look at it but i have had success but from your because when i did prongs they went lower on the neck i never had done them right behind the ear so this they do stay but i'm wondering if i have enough ability to do that snap thing you know what i mean yeah well i think Right now, I'd like to know what your goals are, and then that way I can help, uh, you know, okay. put in, put yeah. in, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, my goals are to, let me just try to turn like, it around. I know that you've been bouncing around with um, some things you've been working on, so I, I'd like to, there's just a lot of information, a lot of un, just yes. like untied things here. So okay. what is your goal right now? What are you trying to accomplish? Okay. 
So my goal is, my ultimate goal is to compete with him in rally and obedience and in draft. Okay. That is what I want. Okay. Um, so that, go ahead. What, what is stopping you from doing that now? It is that I can't control him, that his, his fearful behavior, he goes, he, he, when he sees dogs, especially when they're not burners, because he was around burners and stuff, um, you know, he lunges at them. He can't. And so when I would be at the dog park with the behaviorist, I mean, Pap was the kind that couldn't sit there and just watch. He had to have movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was just, and if he got his head down at all, that meant that I was going on the ground. Right. Um, so, and I, with the prong, I have had success. Um, uh, I have him right next to me. So I can do that step over that you show. Um, and I also have kind of gone back to things I used to do where I, I have the tension on me with treats. If there's a reactive dog or if there's a dog that he can't stand dogs that stare at him. Okay. Also. So it sounds like you've regained control. So I'm just trying to figure out what? where the, cause, cause I know you said that the, the prong collar has helped you. So where's the missing piece here? Like where's the problem still? Okay. So the missing piece is I have not encountered other dogs with him with the prong because hmm. I feel I will need more control. Um, okay. But I haven't, but I have done it with humans, which I don't think is really his issue, even though he did what he did. Mm -hmm. Um, It's other dogs and be able to take him and walk him in a park without him acting, you know, extremely fearful within reason. I know he may not ever be, you know, the most lovable dog, but I don't need that. What I want is to be able to compete in draft or do draft tests, get draft titles. That's just basically burners and everybody's, it's a controlled environment. I want to take him to rally competitions. I want to do obedience. The guy, he's got brains. Okay. So, so I know that you just said that what you, you don't care about the park. So you want to take him to rally and stuff and, and Mm -hmm. that's a control. So where are you finding problems in rally? Like, where are you, where are you failing in rally? So I can hardly even walk him in without looking at the other dogs. And so I did, he's got one leg for the novice, but then I did a, tried to do another one. And the judge asked, asked me to leave because he was looking at him. And so he lunges. I mean, you know, he does all of that behavior uh, where it's, I'm out of control and I can't have him in an environment like that where he's out of control. So my thought is to incorporate the, uh, the vibration collar. And I, you know, kind of need guidance with that. I didn't want to, I have it charged. It's ready to go. Okay. I think the collar itself might be small on him. So this is where I need help. Okay. Um, So the, so you want to gain more control around those other dogs and, things like that. Is he intact? No, he's neutered. It's okay. since two. Okay. Um, so I would say the tools that you're, so obviously the tools can change your life. That's what they're there for. I've done it with thousands. People have done it with millions over the years and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and we just had a 
dog come in with very similar issues, I would say, just not really like aggressive towards other dogs or malicious. He was just, he was a big uh, newfie and he was about 150 pounds and the owner was probably 110. So same thing. She was literally getting dragged across the parking lot and she, so she, she was going through the same thing. So we switched up her prong collar and changed that up. But half of the, not half, I would say, um, a lot of it is, is handling as well. Like you said, so the pop on the leash, the pop on the collar, your timing, what you're doing. Um, so you just have to make sure that your handling is, is where it needs to be because the equipment is just an extension of you. Uh, and sometimes we need that extension to get the job done, right? Like, um, if Mm -hmm. you wanted to hang Christmas lights, but you don't have a ladder, well, you're probably not going to be able to do it unless you're Tarzan, right? So the tools are going to help you, but it's not going to hang the lights. You know what I mean? Um, you get a hammer and a nails, it's not going to build you the house. You have to still do it. So there's a lot of handling aspects that come into working with this. And, and to me, it sounds like it's a handling and timing thing. So just making sure um, that you have his full attention. So I would be using the prong collar, obviously with the dog that big, anything over, geez, anything over like 80 pounds or even 60 pounds. Like I always say like anything over a lab is usually a good idea to have a prong collar because you're not putting so much physical pressure on the dog's neck because that's dangerous and also everything else doesn't work, right? You see somebody with a 60 pound dog on a harness, see you later. Um, especially if they want to, right? The dogs who are walking on harnesses on a loose leash, we're not talking about those dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Those are those are unicorn dogs. So I think the, there's two things as far as the equipment goes. The prong collar is definitely going to help you with your everyday enforcement and your control. And then the e-collar is going to help you with some of the more building and the reactivity just because he's the type of dog that you can't correct him physically hard enough on the prong and him give a shit, to be honest. This, and I, I haven't, and I haven't tested that to be honest with you, um, with a dog. I, but I will tell you this dog and my, and my timing is very good. Um, and you just have to take that. And I know my timing and I, I go to rally and obese classes once a week and, you know, and I go herding once a week, but beyond that, I've been raised with dogs. I have done a lot of training with other you know, when it was correction only training, which I don't agree with anymore. This is why I reconstructed, you know, went down the rabbit hole and realized that there is hope without, you know, just correction, 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 because that's how I correlated the problem. Yeah. So, um, so I know my timing is spot on and I have seen a change in him, but I am, you know, but it has created a fear in me. Um, so, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like I need a backup. I need to train him on the e-collar okay. on you know, things that he knows how to, what to do. Um, but I don't even know if the e-collar is too small. I just got like the regular one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I've put it on him, but it's you know pretty tight. Let me just undo it. I have everything plugged in. Um, what e-collar do you have? I have the one, the uh, the one that you, uh, the the two eighty or the two eighty C. Yeah, yeah. Is it my unit uh, or? Uh, I got it on Amazon because you were you were sold out. Oh, wait a minute, here. Let me just turn you around. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah, but I don't have any extension. I couldn't. I didn't 
know if there was an extension, you know, so yeah, that, it was just these questions that I felt it was, you know, worth it to have you answer these for me because this is my, you know, this is where I am, you know, not proceeding forward okay. because I want to do it right the first time. So, yeah, so with the e-collar, you would do... Um, you would do the basic introduction, and then you can replace mm-hmm. you could replace your um, prong collar corrections with the remote collar, and it's that simple. You just substitute them out, okay? Um, yep. And that's that's what you would do. So you would do e collar introduction on the remote collar, so the dog understands all of that. And I know that you said that you've gone through all of my uh, YouTube yeah. stuff, and so you kind of have the idea. So that's yeah. what you would do is you would find your conditioning levels with him, which would probably be five or six, and you'd work on that for about a week. And then the second week, you'd start kind of messing around with your corrective levels a little bit to see what he responds to with a corrective level. Um, and then you would essentially replace the physical correction that you're doing now with the prong collar with the e-collar, but you just have to make sure that your verbals are first. So the e-collar is going to be enforcing your verbal cue. So making sure that at some point when you do get into the ring and you're not wearing equipment, the dog is going to respond to you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all you do. Um, and that's that's how you would walk that out and straighten things out for you guys. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that's that whole piece that I would almost love to have that hand-holding and that, you know, at your facility – go to one of your classes, meet with you, you know, one-on-one. That's truly what I want to do. I feel like this is a little bit of an, I mean, I have actually used a prong collar before um, and on my shepherd and that's, this was years and years and years ago. And so, I mean, I, I know the concept, I know how to use it and stuff, but I'm just a little, you know, at the end, I'm, I'm actually because of his strength, I do have that fear component of going down. And, and then my, actually my biggest fear is the other people, their inability to control their own dogs. So that's actually, actually going back to it. That's my number one fear is that some dog is pulls forward, goes after him. And then there's a big, you know, whatever. And I, I know I can't control everything, but that is in my head. And if, I had more hand-holding, so I got to the point with Pap where we are conditioned together, we're working together, and, and he has seen other dogs in, a, in an environment where I can be helped. Hmm. That would help me. So this is, my, this is my emotional or my fear stumbling block with me because I, I mean, I know how to do these things, and I have done a lot with a lot of different animals, but I tell you... <laughs> This this boy's killing me, and I love him to death. He is the sweetest, smartest, for you know. I mean, I'm crazy about him, and I do so much with my dogs. And now, I I'm at a hold, you know. Yeah. So. So you can't, you, yeah, like you said, like you can't, you can't um, do anything about other people, and there's not much you could do about that other than make sure that you keep him away from other people and other with their dogs. And so the training, the training that you're going to be doing as far as the equipment goes, isn't going to do much for you if another dog comes running up, obviously. So, um, that's just a fear, you know, that you have, which is totally normal and acceptable, but, um, yeah, that doesn't, that, 
you know, it doesn't matter how well trained your dog is if another dog comes up. So that's just something that you'll have to build confidence with. Um, and he's a big dog. So there's, there's certain situations where some people just can't handle their dog, period. Just too much dog. And that's it. And so you just, you're limited to where you can go and what you can do. Because if your dog wants to do something, you physically don't have the means to do anything about it. And that's where you, you take a kind of dangerous situation and make it really dangerous because Mm -hmm. just the lack of control. And that's where like, there was a point in my, again, seminar just a couple days ago with that new fee where I, I was working him in group class just because she was having a hard time physically controlling the dog, regardless of the training, because he was a young dog that was actually really friendly, but she couldn't handle it. So as far as Mm -hmm. your, as far as your fear goes with other dogs, you know, there's other than, uh, you know, not going to these places that have a bunch of other dogs, it's really hard to, to do anything about that because, you know, those are just incidences. Like, you know, you go driving in your car and you're just worried about somebody hitting you. And it's like, well, there's just virtually, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing that you can do yeah, and to, I know that. to, uh, to do anything. But, uh, I will say that like the e-collar introduction will definitely give you more leverage because you can detonate with the push of a button. Like we just had a dog, um, couple weeks ago in is a Tibetan Mastiff and one of the most aggressive protective dogs on the planet. And he was all of that. He was intact. He just was everything that you would want to create an aggressive dog. And the guy, you know, couldn't physically handle him. Go figure. Um, I mean, not many people can, he's, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying that that guy was incompetent, but he was, I mean, he was disabled and it was just a bad situation. So the guy had two options. He can either, um, get rid of his dog or try to manage it. And he really couldn't manage it. So we were running out of options, but then we introduced the pager, the vibrate when he, when he would react and it shut it down and they were able to go to group class. They were able to do all the things that they couldn't 24 hours before. So, um, but it has to be, you know, what I do with that dog, with that person there is different from what they do when they go home. So you just have to make sure that it's enforcing your verbals. So the dog is sustainably going to listen to you because right now, if he decides to put his head down and drive, um, again, physically the, you know, the prong collar is going to go out the window and that's where your e-collar comes in. So right now, I would agree that you should have your prong collar for everyday handling because of the size and the mass of this dog. It'd be almost irresponsible for you not to. And I know you are. And then if you get it, and then I would be introducing the remote collar um, for the next couple of weeks. And then if you get into a situation um, where he's unresponsive and it's very common for this equation to happen, basically the enforcement from you is not enough for the dog to care, which means the punishment isn't enough. In, in like behavioral terms, like if right. you're say, Hey, right. you, if you do this, this is going to happen. He's going, I don't give a shit about that. I'm way bigger than mm-hmm. that. See you later. Right. It doesn't affect me. And then unfortunately you just have to, cause we could talk all day about, um, counter conditioning and avoidance and whatever. But if you're in a situation right. where he wants to go, you know, I don't want to waste your time. I have my tool. So I will tell you that I have used this from the, you know, cause I've got the three dogs from barking. He is so sensitive to sounds like I've had yeah. other burners in the past and my females are the ones that blow this off. He is like a baby. So that's why I thought, you know, the sound, I know this is a vibration and I, yeah. they also have a sound collar too, but I thought I'm going to do this. Um, he is uber sensitive. 
So I don't see him, um, you know, I think once I get my base down with him and then, you know, my goal is to, you know, to wean off of that collar and just have him desensitized enough where other dogs don't matter. You know, that's my, you know, and I believe that we can achieve that goal at like a rally place. I'm not asking him to be best friends with anybody, but, you know, um, but I wanted him to be able to look at another dog and not be reactive. Mm -hmm. If the dog stares at him, staring is a biggie with him, you know, even with people and stuff. I know, and I know we, you talk about that in many of your things. So, yeah. I hear you. But, um, so, uh, well, should I, let me put on the, um, the e-collar and you can tell me sure. if you think it's too tight and I don't know what to do if it is too tight. Um, and, um, okay. Sounds good. Okay. One sec. Come here, puppy. Come here, puppy. Boy. Oh, what a good boy. Thank you. Say, right here, buddy. Right here, buddy. Pappy, here. Good boy. Sit, sit. Let's see how I do this. Okay, right there. Right here. Good. So, I have it on the side, which is what you yep. said yep. to do. Mudst all this hair. So, okay, let me go from the back. So I guess I can get a few fingers yep. under here. I mean, it's tight, but I don't think it's, and it's at the, at the end of its, um, you know, where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, know, so. I would even tighten it up a little bit from there to make sure that the contact points are fitting um, because you don't want it super loose. Cause if it's loose, it won't work. It's um, not loose, but he has a lot of hair. He's got, he's, he has a lot of hair. He's one of those that, uh, right. You know, so I guess when I put it on too, I can make sure the contact points, you know, are going through the hair somewhat. But and you're right because now that he's laying down there like this, it's very kinda, loose. It's very loose. It's loose. Yeah. So yeah. you think that's loose? It is loose. Yes. It's too loose. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. This is this is to me. That's it. I mean, <laughs> this is worth so much because this is where my questions are. Yeah. You know? So what I do, like, it's a so. I understand what you're saying because it, it, uh, people aren't used to – this is a training collar, so it's going to be different from a flat collar. Yeah. A flat collar just hangs. Yeah. If those contact right. points on the remote collar aren't touching the dog's skin at all times, it's not going to okay. work. So um, you just have to tight – like what I do with larger dogs like that, like I used to have yeah. I used to have your dog exactly – um, yeah, I saw your dog. That's what attracted me to you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I used to have to like, he's got his really thick insulator coat. So yes. I used to have to just take my, take my fingers and kind of spread it out, like just yes. move it out of the way. Yes. And then I would stick yeah. it and I would tighten it up. And he, you know, he's such a big dog. I mean, like you said, you've, you're already carding with him. This is a dog yeah. that is going to pull cinder blocks for fun. It, he doesn't care if there's an e-collar right. on his neck, you know what I mean? Yes. So just take that fur and kind of like, I just use my fingers yeah. and I kind of like pinch okay. it away. And then I okay. take the bungee and I make it nice and tight and I'll make just, yeah. And oh, I'll just can. secure it in. Stand. And then, okay. and then you're okay. ready. To, yeah. And then you're ready to start your introduction to remote collar. And that's a, okay. yeah, beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I think, I think that, um, again, like I totally understand everything you're saying only because obviously I've I had a large dog myself and I just worked with right. this new fee. 
she was under the same yeah. thing and we did end up like I taught her how to introduce the remote caller. I also have a course on the remote caller. I know that you're trying to work with me in person and outside of the free YouTube videos, that's the very thorough step-by-step yeah. -step thing. Um, yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, you know, you could, you could also it just depends on, you know, what you want to do. I mean, I, I'd be more than happy to, um, come to you too, if it's something that you were interested in, there's a lot of different options that we can do to help you out. But I think right now your, right. Ne your next steps are to introduce the remote caller in a very fun, exciting, positive way. Um, mm -hmm. that way when you do need to use it as a correction, because the pager again, because he's a sensitive dog, you had the pet corrector earlier. I think if you yep. said, leave it and he's like, yeah, it's not going to work this time you know, and then you just went with the, with the pager, which is again, I don't know if you saw my latest upload with that. We had, no. yeah, we had two dogs in that both overpowered their owners and one of them uh, had health, both of them had health issues. And so it's like, get rid of your dog or fix it. Really. There is no in between, right? There's no right. nuance handling and avoidance bullshit. It's just like, this is what we have to do. So we just use the pager, but I would, for you, because of his lifestyle and all the fun things that you want to do with him, which is amazing, you should be introducing the remote caller in a very universal way and not just the pager. Because just the pager is what I call that intervention training where you're only using it like one way. You know what I mean? Okay. So the pager is – talk to me about yeah, the, the differences. Sure. So, the Please. yeah, the pager is just the vibrate, okay? So – um, it just is the okay. vibrate. That's where, that's kind of like your, oh shit button. That's like typically for, I always tell people it goes one of both ways. The dog cares about it a lot, or they don't care about it at all. And if they care about it, which is more times than not, especially larger breeds, then they're like, whatever they're doing, they're like, I don't, I want, and you gotta be, you know, with your timing again, it's, it's classical negative yep. reinforcement, a little bit of positive punishment. So the dog starts to lock on and you know, one plus one equals two. We're locked on. You say, leave it. Yes. He flips you off and your enforcement from the prong isn't enough. So he's like, dude, I don't care that I'm going to go after this dog. If he right. blinks at me, yeah. that's where you would. So I, I call it like dismantlement, but also you're disengaging him and you're breaking that build. And then you go pager, which is on the front. Again, that's a, that's, yeah. that's only a, um, a, a vibrate. Um, and then there's, that's one function, right? And on my collar specifically on the Tom Davis 280C by Dogtra, it has an HPP, which is just short for high performance pager. So the pager button is very intense. It's not like a lot of other e-collars. It's very intense. So if you turn it on, it's, it's on him now, but maybe after, if you turn your equipment on and you hold it in your hand and you hit the pager, you'll yeah. see it's very intense. It'll fall off a counter if you hold it. Which is what you want because you so that's the, so I did read and, and look at it. So you have the the one that is on the side. Yeah. So, so the, I took that page off him. So this one is just for like a tap when you're when you teach when you're reinforcing commands that he knows. Correct? Right. Exactly. And this is the constant, right? Um. Yes and no. Y okay. Yes. Yes and no. So the top button on my collar is a. It could be a nick, which you just tap it. And it goes yeah. boop, yes. right? Yeah. You yeah. could, and then you could also hold it, and it's a continuous nick, and it'll feel like boop, boop, boop. Okay. Boop. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a proprietary feature on the collar that they have because it actually replicates like leash popping. So 
Is it is your e-collar okay. on the dog still or no? No, it's okay. not on him. I if you want to turn yeah. it on, I can walk you through it. So hold your okay. blue hold your blue button on the side of your remote collar. Yep. Okay. Until it till okay. the LCD screen turns on and you'll see it light up. Okay. And then on the back of that, you have a red dot. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then on the collar, you have a red dot. I want you to kiss them together and then your e-collar will turn on green. You'll see a little light. Yep. Hold and then release. Now hit okay, your, so hit, that's yep. Great. Hit your pager on the front to see if it's on. You'll hear it. Go ahead. Nope. So you didn't hold it long enough. You got to hold it for okay. like, I think okay. three I seconds. Yep. Okay. Got it. And you'll see the little green light. Hold it one more time because I think you turned it off. So okay. hold, and then it'll turn green. Yep, now release. Okay, now hit your pager. Okay, yeah, that's right, it's on. Okay. There you go. Feel cool. it? See it? Yeah. Yep. This will kill, that would kill him. <laughs> it's, pretty kill him. it's pretty intense. Even, even when I do that, the jerk with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah. Tom so looked at me like, "What have you done to me?" Yeah. But so, I. But then when he behaves, and I reward him. So I do the. I do the food. You mm -hmm. know, and I use high. You know, level food, and I know how to train all of that. And mm -hmm. so that's my good news. You know, it's just this is kind of has me a little baffled, <laughs> and so that's why I prefer. Yeah, yeah. One on one and and visual. So. So your 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 side uh, levels there, your stimulation on the side, the top. Mm -hmm. um, so if you look yeah. at your e collar, you, there's a little light. Okay, watch your light wherever you can find yeah. it. Okay, now hold yeah. your con hold your continuous nick on the top. So that's your top button. Go ahead and hold it, and you'll see okay. the light, and it'll kind of be like pop 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 pop. So this one, the continuous it, nick is this. Yep, right? the top is yeah. nick with okay. the N on it. Okay. Mm hmm. Got it. See the light? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I got it. Yep. Yeah. So hold the bottom button, which is your continuous. Okay. It's, a, it's more intense. It's faster. You see? Okay. Yeah. So that one is, um, it's faster. you know, solid. And this mm -hmm. one is, the nick is boom, 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 mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. Yep. And that's so, how it feels on the dog, right? Right. That's how the dog perceives it. And, and, and like I said, the continuous nick is, we kind of made it, it's proprietary to Dogtra and that unit. Everything that we did with this unit like broke ground for Dogtra and I'm really excited and wow. it's cool, but it, it that is exciting. I yeah, tell you that. It, it replaces the leash pop, right? So when you say huh. sit, you go tap, 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 the dog sits. Good. So it's classical negative reinforcement. You're taking away the the e-collar stimulation when the dog puts their butt in the ground if somebody were to be tapping you on the shoulder you turn around it sh it's negative reinforcement it's classic it's mm -hmm. it's what we do every day of our lives we get in we put our seatbelt on so we don't hear the annoying ding or we hear the annoying ding and we put our seatbelt on so um the so that's what you're going to be but i i would because of your lifestyle with your dog, I would highly recommend introducing the remote collar in a more universal way because that e-collar is a Swiss army knife. And I wouldn't want you to just use the pager because that's just using the screwdrivers and you have a hundred right. different no, things. This is, my, this is why I want to really have like a one-on-one on this yeah, because yeah. I, because it will, you know, like I said, when I pop him with the prong, he, um, he feels it. And then when he does what he's supposed to do, I, good boy, nice job. Mm -hmm. And I'll either treat or not treat. Mm -hmm. But just my verbal is, you know, enough. Yeah, so, um, for sure. you know, it's, so that is good. But 
Um, I do think that he does resource guard me. COVID, we were together 24-7, and he is my boy. I mean, he would never probably let anyone take him for the most part. Um, you know, like if you needed to, you know, if you thought he was going to overpower me, I, I, I doubt he would go walk with you. I mean, even with hurting that he's done from day one, that instructor who he loves, she would, you know, sometimes take him. And he, he won't allow that now. You know, he is, you know... Uh, very latched onto me, yeah, uh, big time. So with resource guarding, I know he loves to get in the bed and you know get on top of me. So I've kind of tried to really set a lot of boundaries where only when I ask you can you come up, um, and so forth, and just try to be super calm with those types of things. I think even family members. My one daughter, I have three daughters, one daughter, she was afraid of him. He knew it and she wouldn't listen to anything I said. And I was actually having my little girl, Nellie, go. I have this other house um, in there with her and Pap came up and I told my daughter, don't get your hands away. But he nipped her right here. No blood, mm-hmm. but he, he nailed her. But then also when he was like 18 months, friends of mine came over with their golden and um, their uh, burner and they kind of went at pap behind a, a, a chain link fence. I went to agility like that week. He did a visual. He saw another golden retriever and just boom, went at him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's, <laughs> he, yeah. So that was sight. It wasn't smell obviously and stuff, but you know, so he's got that fear component that it can be scary to me, you know, then I'm yeah. flat on the ground, you know, but with these tools, I mean, I can already see that difference, you know, but because of what's happened to me in the past, I have um, stuff, you know, okay. <laughs> in my head. But so let before we hang up, let me, can I put on the prong collars and you, I want you to tell me what you think the most effective one is for him. Does that, sure. that be okay? Sure. Okay. Come here, buddy. Come here. Nice boy. Come here. Nice. Okay, Pappy. Okay, little butthead. Yeah. Oh, good boy. Okay, so I'll, do you want me to start? This is the, this is the smallest one here. Yep. The Herm's bigger. And this is, a, this is the tightest one. Okay. And that's okay. a quick release, too. So yeah. Do, yeah. You, do, you, do you use a safety clip? I haven't, but I'm going to. Come here, buddy. Yeah, happy come here. You definitely need to do that just because okay. he's too big of a dog to not have a safe, safety clip on. Because yeah. yeah. So here it is. I have it on. Okay. And it's you know right. So you know yeah, where the yeah, ears yeah. are. Yep. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, that looks good. Um, yeah. I, I would. I think that looks good to me. Um, I would just make yeah. sure again, like. You have your safety clip because. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he knows when I get this out. It's so funny because um, I he, we have a big backyard and um he, and, and, and so across the street, some people will park and look at the view and stuff and and it's actually property of my family's and so my other dogs would bark and now now he's like nuts about it so. I want to break him of that. All I did was put that prong collar on and told him with me, done, yep. done. I mean, when I get the prong collar out, he doesn't like it. I mean, he, he gives me a little attitude somewhat because um, he knows that 
I can control him. Yep. And he can't get away with anything. Yep. So, you know, maybe I should give him treats as I put it on or something like that. Well, I think you, you just know? you just have to there's not enough clarity. Like if that's the case, then typically there's just not enough clarity in your relationship. Like you shouldn't have the equipment mean any of that. It should be coming from you. And that's what that's what yes. happens is you just have to make sure that um, your dog is listening to you and not equipment. Just like when dogs don't listen okay. for anything but food, it's the same travesty. It doesn't, you're, you're, yeah. you're up shit's that's right. creek. That's right. So that's right. So when you go in a, a thing, then, you know, cause you're not treating in there, they're mm-hmm. just doing it cause they've been trained. Yeah, exactly. So you just have to make so, sure that you're, you're enforcing your things, uh, properly and you're handling and timing and everything. And so, um, yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense to me because I'm probably, putting it on with like, you know, I know you don't like it and I don't like it either. And, you know, rather than just blowing past that on, you know, and saying, this is, this is it, this is what we do now, you know, and it's fun. It's good. We get to go for walks and we have a good time. Yeah. You know, cause I know everything goes down the leash. Um, but, um, anyway, all right. Well, well, you wouldn't have any availability coming up, would you, where I could do, I, I mean, I don't understand, I guess you do like a one-on-one with someone and then you do group. I mean, is that how it, you run like that type of stuff or? Yeah, we have the out-of-state program uh, where we typically do it once a month where you come in and work with me Thursday, Friday, uh, one-on-one and in a group atmosphere. And then Saturday is a group class with my whole facility and my other trainers. And that's where, you know, we see a lot of success. People leave there with, um, you know, a, a different, different opportunity to have a different dog. If you continue, mm-hmm. like the dog is definitely different there. Um, and we've done that so many right. times. So that's that program. That's the out of state program that we have. Uh huh. So I guess that's next week, which I can't do. And they, cause they told me that they have an opening, but I, I can't do next week. Yeah. Um, so then it would be the following month likely. So July. Okay. 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 Um, so anything in between that, that I could do? Well, I think, in, yeah, my suggestion would be get my, e, get my e-collar introduction course and start e- e-collar conditioning. Um, okay. and again, like I was going to say earlier about the e-collar that you, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to use the pager unless that's what you only want to use it for, because okay. then it's going to be the same thing. He's going to be like, this thing controls me. The e-collar should go on. Um, and you should be doing a lot of conditioning with pre-known behaviors. So typically sending the dog to a place or recalling the dog or sitting. Um, and again, like I have, I have multiple, um, free e-collar videos on YouTube, of course, but then I have a full course. Um, so yeah, that would be, that would be my suggestion for you is to start the e-collar, uh, conditioning. And that way, if you do need to enforce with the pager, uh, you're able to do so effectively and it's not gonna freak him out because you've been conditioning with it and it just has to come from you. So you don't want the pager to turn on without your verbal because then in the future, again, you'll have to rely mm-hmm. on, that's why everyone says like, Oh, it's uh, using tools is uh, a crutch. And I'm like, only if you let it be just like with food, mm-hmm. it's the same exact thing. Like using motivation is a crutch. Only if you let it be like, you have to make sure that the dog is listening to you and you're mm-hmm. using these tools because equipment is, is tools. And so is food. So is rewards, all that is equipment. Yeah. If it's not living on yeah. you and you don't have it in your being you're using equipment so you just have to make sure that you're paving that road really nicely and that's where like good dog training comes in as a handler making sure that you're using Mm -hmm. positive reinforcement uh, effectively and constructively so yeah yeah well I mean I I did use the prong on one of my female burners that was she was a tough girl she was a great girl she's one of my favorites and um 
but I only used it when I trained her, you know, so I got the exact uh, placement, all of that kind of stuff. But then I would never, you know, so it really, it wasn't a crutch. What it did was it let her know exactly where I wanted her and so forth. And it was really more draft. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, then, uh, no, I actually use the prong with that, but you know, a lot of the trainers, they don't allow prongs and, um, the one that I'm using now, she didn't. And that's where I learned about the gentle leader, which actually was very helpful, mm-hmm. but it didn't take me far enough. You know, there, there's too many variables. I have control of him. I feel very confident, but. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. First question comes from K or C-A-C-O-B-E, I don't know, C-A-C-O-B-E, dog anxiety. Hi, Tom, love the show. I found the episode about adding another dog into your home extremely helpful. One of my dog has had pretty bad anxiety since I adopted him. He is never disruptive, <clears throat> but constantly whines and whimpers when he should be fine. For example, I'm sitting on the couch and he wants to come up, so he starts whimpering. I pat the couch to invite him up and he continues to whimper and pace around instead of jumping up. Or I take him to the store with me and I'm at the cash register and he cries and screams and digs a hole into my leg with his front paws. Uh, When I am in the car, he cries the whole way, although the car is frequently the car frequently and most of the time it's in a place, a positive experience, the whining is extremely stressful and overwhelming. I've talked to the vet and they have no solution for me. Um, My input would be giving the dog a job under these circumstances. So if the dog is uh, whining, like if you're standing at the cash register and the dog is like clawing at your feet or your legs, I'd put a dog in a downstay. I'd hold that downstay. I'd pay the dog in duration, but you have to make sure that you're you're doing this uh, out of context of the cash register. So making sure the dog knows down, knows stay, making sure that the dog understands the concepts that they're about to get paid for doing these behaviors. So you have to copy and paste realistic obedience in private, pay the dog, teach the dog, and then paste it into the situations that you're having problem with. Same thing when you're in your house and your dog is whining and stuff like that, sending your dog away to a place. Some dogs have a lot of anxiety, which means they need more things to do. They need more tasks. They need more exercises. They need more behaviors. So if your dog is sitting in front of you crying, go to your place, down, stay. Okay, break. Go to your place, down, stay, break. Give your dog a job. Also giving them something to do. If you're just chilling on the couch, maybe give them a bone, giving them something to work on, give them a Kong, uh, frozen peanut butter, all that stuff. Cause your dog is telling you like, Hey, I'm on, I'm uneasy. I'm unsettled. What do I do? But if you're like, Hey, come up here. Like the dog doesn't want to do that. Right. It's like, Hey, I'm super anxious. It's like, well, go sit in a corner and be by yourself. That's going to make it worse. It's like, Hey, let's go for a walk. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. So if you're working on anxiety and you're working on uh, any of that buildup, you got to give your dog a job. You got to do something. Okay. Thank you for the question. Thank you for the review. Next one comes from you across the line. Tom, thank you for your time to make all dog owners better. I have a working breed, Czech German Shepherd, a rescue long-haired German Shepherd. You provide great balance, common sense techniques that work for both. I really appreciate the way you work with dogs who achieve the best interest. I'm confident my dog love your podcast as much as I do. I always go out and work and techniques after re- I've reviewed for the day. You also go out of your way to learn, which is the benef- which we all benefit from. No questions. Just wanted to say thanks. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Next one comes from Tammy, 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 Tammy. Five-star review, puppy on puppy reactivity. <clears throat> um, hey, Tom, thanks for your incredible generosity in this realm. We are lucky to have you. A 16-month-old intact staff, he has shown light male puppy reactivity since he was little, growling, and it has recently spiraled into latching on to occasions. So it's a 16-month-old so definitely not a puppy anymore. Um, so dogs definitely fully mature, especially if they're intact, they're mentally and physically mature. Um, so I wasn't handling him <clears throat> first at the daycare. Want to know it's a great training facility in NYC, but don't want to 
don't want to shout out and make them look bad as we are new handlers during socialization, didn't correct on the spot, didn't know how to pull them off. The second was a week later with my partner on the sidewalk. My friend is fostering a 13 week old or 13 week female. And we saw them on the sidewalk last night and he fully went for her bad behavior, but little stoked bad behavior, but a little stoked because I could actually correct him had worked with another trainer to prep for this incident. And it was able to pops and then down for 10 minutes, and it was a positive heel for obedience. I guess I'm wondering if you're experienced. This is a jerk phase we can work through and how to work him through it. We work on obedience all day, every day, and I'm training myself on the e-collar. Um, it just sounds like, you know, your dog is potentially having issues with other dogs as he matures. Um, you know, and, and if you listen to this podcast enough, you'll hear the same story over and over again with these types of things happening. Hey, eight months to 12 months, my dog all of a sudden, boom, intact, boom, intact, boom, intact, boom, intact, over and over and over and over again. Um, same thing we saw in Canada over and over again, every, almost every single dog that came in for reactivity was intact. So when you keep your dog intact, you guys, you're going to get all their testosterone, which tends to have more aggression attached to it, which doesn't necessarily guarantee that's what's going to happen, especially if you can control the dog. Um, so my suggestion is, is just start to be realistic with your dog's boundaries and what they like and what they don't like. It may not be realistic for you to say, Hey, I want to go up to every dog and my dog be okay with it. Um, as your dog matures, there's, you got to listen and watch to see what your dog is comfortable with. Uh, if you go up to talk to a puppy owner, um, and their puppy's just kind of being a puppy, like that's something that you might want to put your dog into a down, stay behind you, not be in front of you and things like that. So you just have to know like, Hey, my dog's going to lunge at your puppy. So when you go up and you're going to have a conversation with somebody, behavior modification aside, because that's, you know, a four hour conversation, um, you just have to control what you can. Okay. So putting your dog into a downstay, putting your dog into a successful situation. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to sign up, we can talk a lot more in depth, or if you join the members club, my staff will help you out with it. Next question is Addy five, four, five, four. Hey Tom, I've been listening to all your podcasts and watching your videos for a while and all the information is outstanding. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have two dogs at my house. They are mini golden doodles. They like to bark at most everything, not in an aggressive way, but more in an excitement because they're wagging their tail. But I'm unsure how I can help teach them. That's not right. One of them responds to leave it, but when the other one together, they're out of control. I also consider trying a e-collar that is currently out of my budget. They will bark at us when we get home and even on walks. Um, so I would just say, Addy, that you have to make sure that when you're when you're doing any of these things, like you, you got to be careful what attention and what things you're bringing to the table. If you come home and your dogs are barking and you amp them up, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We're home, we're home. Boom. You've taught your dogs to do that. Um, but my suggestion is, is train them separately. You have to, I mean, two golden doodle puppies is an incredible amount of work that I certainly would never have enough time to do. Um, and so you have to train them separately so they know how to act together. You can't train them together because they're going to be like two kids in a study hall together. They're going to be joking and laughing and playing and not taking anything seriously and certainly not listening to you. So my suggestion is is to train them separate and then start bringing things together. Um, and again, like it all comes down to boundaries, right? So if you were to say, hey, Tom, this is my this is my problem uh, with my dogs. And then, then I would turn around and say like, okay, how much control do you have? Let's see your obedience. Let's see your heel. Let's see your place. Let's see your down. Let's see your stay. Now, historically, it would be very minimal. One out of three, you'd be at a 0.5. So you really have to audit too. Like if you want to control your dogs and you want your dogs to stop doing something, you have to have good communication. What is communication to dogs is your relationship and your obedience, right? You got to put your money where your mouth is. I want more control. I want my dogs to stop doing stuff. Well, then you're going to have to make sure you yourself have a, a tremendous amount of control. So that's my answer to you. 
Um, uh, last question here comes from Hunter69420. Hey, Tom, uh, big fan of your work. Uh, I'm a dog trainer. Um, I love your troubleshooting and finding what works for people and their dogs. You've helped me build tools and gain knowledge, and I'm training experience in my own line of work. I'm 23, and I started a private dog training company. And I'll reestablish the business for walks, grooms, training here in Orange County, California. My mother was a canine kennel master in the U.S. Army for 20 years, so I grew up around training, and she finally stepped back into the industry, and now I'm on my own, and I would love some feedback on your own opinion and structure board and trains. What are your approach to board and train? How do you get the client to understand the work that they need to do after you build the relationship with the dog, and what are some ideas you have uh, starting my own board and train integration with my business and at the business I currently am a lead at? I would just say, like, make sure that you have very clear lines of expectations. That way people aren't um, under-delivered anything. Um, make sure, you know, when people come in, they want off-leash e-collar. They have to be there for four weeks. They want behavior modification. They have to be there for four weeks. Um, making sure you're getting five or six sessions in with each dog uh, every single day. Um, and then when you're doing consulting, just give people the real the reality like hey i'm going to help you with your dog but you just have to understand that we're going to do all the work you have to make sure you follow through and if you don't follow through then your dog's going to go right back to where you were and you just wasted a shit ton of money so <clears throat> you just have to make sure that you're honest and upfront about the expectations and what their job is when they do a pickup um so that's my um yeah so i would just say like Thanks for all you do in educating people. Okay, yeah. I would just say like that's my biggest thing is just making sure that you have fair and reasonable uh, expectations for your clients and for the dogs because the reality is is you're going to put your dog immediately into structure and you're going to put that dog immediately into obedience and all that stuff and the dog is naturally going to fall into place after a couple weeks. Dog's going to look great. You're going to send a couple go-home videos and everyone's going to be happy. Then your responsibility after that is to make sure that the owners know what to do. So you do an hour, two hour go home. All of my out-of-states are from other states, so they're coming in overnight anyway, so they're going to be staying there. Um, and that's how you handle that. You just make sure you have a nice long go home, give them homework. Um, and we also offer free follow-ups for life for our board and trains because we know we're going to do the work. The dog's not going to leave our facility unless they are where they need to be and or we'll take that dog free of charge continually until the dog has reached our expectations and our standards. And we also do free follow-ups, which means if you come in and you're, if you come to our board and train and then you go home after a couple months and things start to unravel, it has zero to do with us. And we know that because we have documentation showing us that your dog is absolutely the way that they need to be. And then when you come in, it's going to take us about five minutes to tune the dog back up. And then we're going to go over what you're doing at home wrong. So those are also things that we stamp on all of our work as well. So hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We're going to have more coming at you live uh, to catch up maybe even tomorrow or maybe even another one today. Who knows? I'm heading to New York City today is May 31st. So June 1st, I'm going to be on Fox Weather talking about how to prepare for natural disasters with your dogs um, and so on and so forth. So anyway, guys, love you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.